Welcome back and thank you for listening to another episode of Financial Fitness. I'm your host, Donald Raymond. Today, we talk about your financial philosophy. You're not going to want to miss this. Okay, so today we are discussing your financial philosophy, and it begins with a simple question. Who's in charge? I'm reminded of a quote, where your mind focuses, your feet will follow. You'll hear this again later uh, and stated slightly differently. When it comes to budgeting and managing your money, who's in charge? Are you looking ahead at upcoming expenses and wondering where the money will come from? Or are you just hoping to be able to buy some groceries and put some gas in the car this week? If this sounds like you or hits home in any way, then you are not managing your money. Your money is managing you. And if this is the case, then guess what? You are completely normal. You've heard it already, and I'll say it many more times through the life of the podcast, But the goal here is to provide some framework and suggestions on how to stop being normal and start being different. Different is good. Normal is what everyone else is doing. Accumulating debt, making decisions based on what they see others doing, trying to be seen for what they have rather than trying to be a positive example for others to live by. They're hiding behind money and material things that are burying them in debt or at a minimum making long-term goals harder to achieve. But different is not normal. It's hard to be different. And it means saying no to friends and family that think you should do things another way or spend money on this or that. It means sacrificing ownership of something now or having it first. You might have to drive an older car for a while. You might have to live in a smaller house or a rental. Move from a preferred area to an area that you can afford now. Not buy that new phone or watch or other device, clothing, kitchen appliance, upgrade, streaming service. There are so many things competing for our attention and our money. And where your mind focuses, your feet will follow. Another way to say it might be like this. Where your mind focuses, your wallet will follow. It takes discipline and effort to keep your mind focused on what matters most and not get blinded by what looks good now. We live in a now culture, and you've heard this generation described as a now generation, but there is a voice that is teaching another way, maybe a better way. It's saying focus on long-term, and prioritize your actions to align with your goals, but be careful how you set your goals. That is another lesson altogether, but a very important one when we look at how to prioritize our actions. Specifically, how we budget and spend our money. If you work with me or any other personal finance coach, you will likely be encouraged to develop a budget based on the least amount possible to live on. Now, this is an exercise that is intended to illustrate just how intensely you can get after a savings goal, a purchase, or a debt payoff goal. It's intended to be eye-opening, and for those that take action to live this way in a literal sense, there is tremendous sacrifice in the short term, But the payoff is faster and very, 
very satisfying. So, your financial philosophy is how you view your money as it relates to your way of life. How you plan for future needs and try to ensure proper funding of long-term and short-term goals. How you establish your goals and how you prioritize opportunities in your life that are both income generators as well as expense items. All of these scenarios present themselves daily in all of our lives and how you respond will start to paint a picture of your personal or family financial philosophy. Now listen. It's no secret, and you wouldn't be surprised to hear me say that a philosophy that focuses on long-term goals and short-term sacrifice is a well-known winning strategy. So, why don't more people just do that? Well, that's pretty easy, because it's hard. You can't create an unsustainable expectation and try to achieve your goals, because you will burn out and you will quit before you get there. It's important that no matter what the application you remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So while I'm sure you expected me to say all of that, it might surprise you to hear me say that you need to spend money too. Spending, when it's done intentionally, can help you stay on track and continue to reward your newfound good behaviors or habits and fuel the energy that is related to the fitness goal of gains in your financial philosophy. This reference to the gym and exercise makes another appearance here in this episode. And it's very appropriate as we compare this to training for a marathon and how we need to reward and recover from a hard workout to help prepare mentally and physically for the next one and ultimately for the main event. So I've talked a lot about the financial philosophy, but what is it? It's true that your personal philosophy is as infinite as there are types of people and personalities, but here are some basic principles that I can talk through to help connect the idea of a financial philosophy to the actions associated with implementing this in your everyday life. Principle 1. Build your budget starting with income, and then fund your needs until all the income is consumed. If you're like me... Many of us learn to build our budget based on the money we needed to spend on the things that we already had, and then try to earn enough money to pay for them. While this philosophy is a philosophy, it is not the one that I am recommending. To get started, the best approach is to reduce your spending to allow your income to get you at least one month ahead of your needs, and then build your budget for the next month based on this month's income. This will ensure that you will never run out of money, unless you break the rule. Principle two, live on less than you earn. It may seem obvious, but how many of you listening to this right now have a car loan, or a personal loan, a vacation home with a mortgage, or a timeshare, or any other loan attached to something that you intend to pay off, or maybe you intended to already pay it off? Student loans are another example. I said before that I'll dive into this issue in a dedicated two-part series, but this debt is avoidable and a good example of spending more than you earn. Most college students with a student loan don't work while they're in college. They are hoping for an income after college that will pay for the loan. But the reality is that most of them still have the loan well into their adult lives. 
And many of them are currently hoping for a forgiveness program to remove the burden from them. A philosophy that does not allow for money to be spent before it is earned removes this condition entirely. Principle 3. Prioritize the four walls. This is outlined in Financial Peace University, and FPU teaches the baby steps. I coach individuals through this program using the baby steps every day. It is simple, but as with any new habit, it is not always easy. It turns out that holding others accountable is much more satisfying and easier to do than holding yourself accountable. So this is exactly that. Every one of us has a personal example of how we chose to buy something we wanted before we made sure that all of our needs were covered. And we've all paid the price for that at some point in our lives. At a minimum, we know someone who has had that experience. So that is why this concept is routinely mentioned during coaching and FPU classes. It ensures that we are constantly reminding the client or student to focus on what really matters and make sacrifices if necessary. This gets easier with time, but is one of the hardest hurdles to overcome when getting started. Principle 4. Get the whole family involved in decisions. And if you're single, find friends and family that will support your goals. There is little in life more valuable than quality time with those you love. And how much more valuable is it to spend time being honest about household finances and needs rather than the most recent episode of a favorite series? Not to mention that for children, they get early exposure with a healthy way to manage and to spend money. This doesn't have to take a lot of time out of the day, week, month, or year, but it should be a regular topic of conversation. And I promise you, there is nothing more convicting than having your child remind you of your commitment to this philosophy in your moment of weakness when you decide that you want something that you aren't prepared to buy yet. Trust me on this. When your son or daughter tells you to be patient, cut back, save more, and be more generous, and then buy the new thing when you have the money, you will be both filled with pride and also humbled and wearing just a little bit of shame all at the same time. But this is healthy, and it means that you are winning the parent game and the finance game. So keep it up. Principle 5. Goal Setting Set goals that align with your values and actions that align with your goals. This is another episode too, and has already been covered in some of the principles that I've spoken about. But I will stress the importance of goal setting and the habits associated with prioritizing goals that align with your values and then actions that align with your goals. This ultimately becomes your three-legged stool that will surely leave you helpless on the ground if you are not careful about ensuring the integrity of all three legs. And principle six, if there is something in your life that is causing you to stumble or revert to a bad habit, remove it from your life. This is sometimes a scary or difficult thing to do, but it is necessary to continue to grow and improve your financial and your emotional fitness. By far, the hardest thing we will ever do is to remove a comfort from our lives once we realize the damage that it is causing. This can be a habit, a substance, a behavior, or even a person. Chances are that you already know what this is or who this is for you, but starting the process to remove it from your life can be challenging. 
You can and likely will get there with time, even without hearing this episode. But please hear this as encouragement. Because once the barrier is removed, the progress is often found much easier than expected. I will give you one word of caution, though. Be very certain of your assessment when removing a barrier. It can be just as damaging to place blame for a lack of progress on someone or something and then remove something that may have actually been able to help but was misdiagnosed. No matter how long you train and develop your new skill set, the fact remains, just like in the gym, that even just a few days off or a few days out of the gym will result in weeks of effort to make up for the loss of the regular discipline routine prior to the break. The same is true with our finances. If we take a break from the routine and we end up spending outside of our plan or break the rules and borrow money or spend ahead of the income then the damage is not a one-to-one trade-off. It takes much longer to undo the mistake and get back on track than it takes for a moment of weakness to cause us to break a rule or revert back to a previous pattern or bad habit. This plays out in many areas of our lives. But there is light at the end of all of those tunnels. And in the case of your financial philosophy, there is a huge reward waiting for you. The longer that you commit to being different, and the more frequently you reward yourself and your good behaviors, the easier and more natural they become, and the more you want to do them. And in my case, I wanted to commit the rest of my working life to helping others do the same. This has gone from a commitment to being intentional with money to a ministry to helping others out of tough situations, and now to a full-time effort to coach and share and encourage as many people as possible to live a better life. Not just with money, but using these principles to build muscle memory that can be applied to every facet of our lives. And now it's your turn. Elevate your financial philosophy. So what were you thinking about during the majority of this episode? How many times did you catch yourself agreeing with or disagreeing with the principles that I outlined, and then starting to justify or rationalize a behavior related to spending in an effort to explain why this doesn't or can't apply to your specific situation? Did you start to think about someone in your life that could benefit from this, or maybe someone that has mentioned these ideas to you in the past? Remember, the goal that I am outlining is to be different. And if any of those statements or ideas ring true for you, then you are still normal. That is not to say that normal is bad or different is good. Normal is just normal. But normal in America today can be defined as more debt than income. If that's you, then today is the day that you can choose to start moving in a different direction. A direction that requires intentionality but offers rewards for the effort a direction that will cause you to see opportunities that before seemed impossible. It is possible, and it starts today. Okay. 
So my challenge to you today is to start aligning your actions with your goals and move toward a different way of life and a different level of financial fitness. Apply even one of the concepts discussed in this episode and it will radically change your financial philosophy for the better. Apply them all and watch as you leapfrog over every limitation you thought was in front of you with regard to what you can achieve. And soon, everyone in your circle will want to know your secret. So remember, where the mind focuses, the feet and your wallet will follow. Oh, 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 oh,